And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I actually have my co-host, Tom, on the line. Tom, what up, though? Hey, what's up, Just the West? This is the uh, first time that we're doing it over the phone, but I think uh, I think it's going to work out. I think it'll work out fine. Uh, bear with the technical difficulties as we try this. It is Wednesday night, and so I just finished two back-to-back fantasy football drafts, and I'm ready to do a pod before the season starts. Yeah, this, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that you did uh, two consecutive drafts. I am currently five minutes away from starting uh, my last and final fantasy draft of the season, so... Um, yeah, oh, so I, oh, I got one one last pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, for 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 me, okay. all right, I, I lied. I uh, I have one more pick for this, and I I should be done. Bear with me. <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out and say you're not drafting a kicker. Uh, yeah, I'm not drafting a kicker. I that's how I roll. <laughs> For those that don't know me, I tend not to draft a kicker. Oh, there you go. Now I'm done. Okay, I tend not to draft a kicker because I leave it until like Sunday for the extra roster spot. And then if I need someone, then I'll, I'll make that adjustment. So, there you go. I'm in six leagues and I did that same exact strategy for all six. And it actually kind of worked out. I picked up James Conner from Pittsburgh and I picked up Matt Breida from the Niners in a couple leagues with that same strategy. And so, I'm. Um, you know, when I need to drop a player and get a kicker, I'll do that. But it's nice to have a little extra wiggle uh, come come uh, fantasy football time. Nice. Sounds good. And Matt Breida rep- representing the NFC West, so that's, a, that's definitely a good thing. That... Yeah, man. We have a couple things to talk about the NFC West. And as I'm sure you know, there's a reason why I said I was targeting Matt Breida, right? Yep. So, four games... Sunday, 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 and then the Rams play on Monday night. Before we get into each respective team in the NFC West, any any thoughts, top of mind, or whatever, or we can get uh, can get started. Yeah, no, uh, I'm just I'm finally excited. You know, four long weeks of the preseason, we're finally here at uh, week one, so I'm, I'm excited to, to finally get the, the real football underway. Right on, right on. So let's go ahead and divulge right into it. So the first game in the NFC West is Sunday, Sunday, 10 in the morning, Niners at Minnesota. Uh, Niners are six-point underdogs, so Minnesota minus six, over under 46. And kind of stemming back to what I said before, the reason why I picked up Matt Breida and uh, another reason why people picked up Alfred Morris is because our boy, Jarek Jet McKinnon, Tore his ACL on a non-contact injury in practice, so he's out for the year. What are your uh, What are your initial initial thoughts on on Jet getting hurt, being out for the season? I think just mentally for this team, it's a huge, huge blow. And the reason why is just because I mean, this is literally like a week before the season starts, before their season opener. And not only is it their season opener, uh, it's at Minnesota. So for Jarek McKinnon, this is his former team. He was just there earlier in the NFC Championship last playoffs. And now he's the newly minted running back for the Niners. Supposed to be, you know, the offensive weapon for Kyle Shanahan in both the passing and running game. 
And so, no, they really did tailor a lot of their offense this offseason for, for Jets. And while it does suck that uh, he's going to be out for this year, uh, there is some optimism just because you think about Kyle Shanahan's system. He's a two-back system. You have Alfred Morris, who should be uh, a good plug-and-play on early downs. And then hopefully Matt Breida kind of stemming off in terms of the play calling. Uh, Matt Breida is another spark score, highly athletic running back that should be able to be around with some wiggle and passing downs. But still, man, they just, uh, especially since it's so early before the season starts, is just, it's killer, you know? Absolutely. Uh, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he did reach out and that, that, that acquire him and that was his big first acquisition. You know, me, personally, if you ask me, I was a little bit skeptical at first when, uh, you know, when he got hurt and, you know, how much of a, of a blow that would be to the playbook, which it is, granted, um, However, there is there is optimism when I you know the more that I read and the more that I divulge deeper into it. Um, I don't know how how do you think the Niners will change their game plan knowing that McKinnon is out and then you got Alfred Morris who is more of a uh, you know carry the heavy workload and and Brita who's kind of he'll be now the change of pace running back. Yeah, I know the first thing that really came up to mind for me is you know Jets such a big proponent in this passing game. So of Alfred Morris, who, he, uh, I kid you not, he's got like 38 career receptions, which is not that much at all for a running back. So if he's going to be the, the early down guy, that means that Kyle Yzcheck, their fullback that they paid enormous amounts of money last year, I believe he played about like 80% of the snaps last year. He was a big proponent of their offense, but um, yeah, they're going to need, ooh, are you about to start your draft? That's it. That's the, that, that wonderful bell that everyone loves. <laughs> uh, oh, where I'm losing my train of thought. Ah, so for Kyle Ustrek, since Alfred Morris is going to be in the play on early downs, I mean, they're going to pretty much lean on him heavily unless Brita reasserts himself into the lineup and can prove that he's ready for the for the workload, you know? Okay. I'm going to pick four, Le'Veon or Antonio Brown. Is it PPR? PPR. Antonio Brown, right? Yeah, I wouldn't mind just because uh, given the contract situation with Le'Veon. But that's tough, man, because Le'Veon is easily... That was, that was, he slipped all the way down to four, and I think he's going to slip all the way down to possibly seven, where seven is all drafted. Oh, number five drafted him. Okay, it's number five draft pick. Is he pretty stoked to have Le'Veon Bell so late? Um, he, sorry, last year traded pod. So, yeah, no. Check. Yes, he's, he's going to be a vital part of this offense now. Um, that's what they did go out and reach him for, is for his fullback and uh, fullback end abilities, obviously, and also his uh, receiving abilities. Right. So let's, let's just see what happens. Um, going a little bit more into the game. So they're playing at Minnesota. Minnesota was pretty damn close to making the Super Bowl. Actually, I thought they were going to be representing the NFC, but that didn't really happen. Uh, so having said that, they're at Minnesota against Kirk Cousins, the newly minted Kirk Cousins with Minnesota. It's another former Shanahan guy. So you got Jimmy Garoppolo undefeated versus Kirk Cousins, the uh, $100 million guaranteed man. Um, I don't know, man. This is... Uh, 
It opened at five. It's at six. I think that I've seen some lines put it at Minnesota seven. Is it really that off of a game in terms of uh, the matchup for the Niners? I mean, you could argue, I guess if you're asking me, you could argue that Minnesota is perhaps the best team in the NFC. They got a pretty stacked defense. And, um, and on paper, you know, they're good. Uh, Dalvin Cook is coming back. They got a brand new quarterback, Stefan Diggs, Adam Dillon. You know, it's pretty high powered, um, pretty offense. So having it at, what was the spread? Six and a half? It's at six, six to seven right now, depending on however you cut it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a tough match- matchup. Um, but you never know. Niners, be might, they might catch them off, uh, catch Minnesota off their heels. And, you know, they're not, this first game of the season, they could, um, you know, catch them with the pants down and be pull out a win. But I'm not going to, I'm just hoping to see a full team effort rather than individual players excelling. Yeah, no doubt. They kind of uh, they kind of have to. They don't really have any premier guys offensively. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I like Goodwin. I like Orsan, Um, But they, they lost McKinnon, like we mentioned earlier. I think it really has to do with more so the execution of, of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got great quarterback presence. And so far from what I saw in preseason, and given, I know it's just preseason guys, but... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he was keeping the offense humming along. They did very well uh, on first down situations. And it, it seemed like the, the passing game with him and Goodwin had some pretty good touch. Uh, the only thing I'm really concerned about, which kind of goes back to last season, is uh, the red zone. I mean, I know that the Vikings have a really tough front seven. Now that the Niners didn't get that many touchdowns last year. Yeah, that's uh, what, what, are, what are some of the... What players are you looking forward to seeing, and what players do you think that? Let me just start with that. What players do you are you looking forward to seeing? Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to seeing. Well, I mentioned Goodwin before. It looked like he had a lot of promise with the timing with with uh, with Garoppolo, but more so than anything, I'm intrigued going back to red zone. So they didn't really add anyone offensively outside of. Dante Pettis in terms of skilled position players. And so since they lost Jarek McKinnon, I'm going to go with the fifth round pick out of Iowa, uh, second year guy, George Kittle. So he had a shoulder injury, kind of a gnarly injury in the preseason earlier. He set out since, but in terms of like a gigantic target radius for Jimmy Garoppolo down the seam, they need George Kittle to do really well, especially because, I mean, if I look at the the Vikings, I look at Xavier Rhodes, I look at Harrison Smith. I mean, they got a pretty tough secondary. And so maybe there's some wiggle with Kittle down the middle. Okay. Wiggle with Kittle down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you might have found the saying of the season. Kiddo with the wiggle down the middle. <laughs> Let me put that back on you. So what player are you looking forward to for the Niners? Um I you know, I wanna say I wanna say Dante Pettis. However, you know, him being a rookie, I understand that I can't really expect much from him, especially, you know, first game on the road, um, against a 
formidable defense. So, I mean, the tight end position, I, I want to see Mar- Marquise Goodwin, and I want to see him continue the chemistry that him and Jimmy Garoppolo had during the preseason and uh, of last season. Uh, you know, something I do want to point out is uh, during the five games that Jimmy Garoppolo played, he had he put up career numbers during those those uh, those five games, and I want I want to see him continue that that great success with Jimmy Garoppolo. I hope he stays healthy. They're gonna need him. Seriously, they're gonna need him. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. Yeah. Totally for sure. For sure. Conversely, uh, two things that keep in mind for me that I'm kind of scared of if, if I'm a Niner fan if I'm at Minnesota against a really gnarly front seven uh, it's going to be right tackle first round pick Mike Glitchy Mike McGlinchy yeah I said it right okay right tackle out of Notre Dame freshly minted and he's going to go up against uh, Daniil Hunter and between <clears throat> Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin that is a pretty gnarly pass rush. And, yeah, man, I mean, they do very well with their front four, respectively. And if you're putting a rookie right tackle in his first game on the road, yeah, man, that's a, that's a pretty scary... Bleh, I'm messing up. A scary scenario. Another thing that I'm kind of worried yeah. about is uh, on the secondary. I'm sure you, you know that Sherman's been going in and out with Hammy and other injuries this preseason, but uh, what if they test him? If I were the Vikings, I'd test him quite a bit and just to see where he's at in his uh, development as a Niner. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, being 30 years old, recovering from Achilles' injury like he is, yeah, I do agree. But um, I'll just say I have more optimism than skepticism. And I would say, you know, that's natural being, you know, being an NFC West slash, you know, 49er fan. So, yeah, man, that's a tough matchup for week one, but it's better to get this one out of the way and, you know, true litmus test to see where we're really at. So having said that, Vikings minus six over under 46. What say you, Tom? Mm. Uh, I might have to take points on that. All right. Predict- just, just because... You know, I'm just trying to be uh Yeah, no, where we go for the score? Where we go for the score? Call it. Uh, I'm going I'm going to go 27. Let's go uh 27 17. 27 17. No, no, let me take that back. 20 Let's go 20 27 20. 27 20. So you take the over ever so slightly and you have okay, right at 7. I'll go ahead and put the Vikings winning. 24 to 24 to 16 going back to the whole red zone woes I think that's going to be at least for week one I think that is going to be an issue with the Niners so they're going to get a couple field goals uh 24-16 Vikings it's going to be a tough one they'll have some opportunities but um the better team wins in in this matchup got it very nice very nice moving forward by the way so you you drafted him to Antonio Brown, who'd you get for the second pick? Uh, I fucked up on that. Who'd you get? Uh, right now, right now, my players are Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, Devontae Freeman, and uh, I 
I wanted to draft Doug Baldwin, but I got GGC third spread. I mean, he's all right. You know, I mean, depends on how you. Yeah. Depends on how you spin it. I mean, I have three wide receivers and one running back now. I'm so fucked. That's what you like, though. You like your wide receivers and shit, right? Yeah, and it is a full point PPR, so I mean, I guess I could, I could find. It's either Doug Baldwin or Lashawn McCoy. What would you do? I'd probably do Baldwin mid round four, but yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think McKin- uh, McCoy's got to be suspended. McCoy? Oh, for his it's, it's, yeah domestic violence shit. Yeah, yeah, that's up in the air. That is pretty yeah. early. Okay, guys. Okay. Moving forward, so that's the 10 a.m. game on Sunday. 125. You have the Washington Redskins with Alex Smith. Home opener against the Arizona Cardinals, and so I won't say it's surprising because I think both teams are pretty even. They're kind of uh, finding themselves offensively with both signal callers, but you have the Cardinals favored by one over under 44, and so it's going to be a lower scoring game. That's what the line makers are predicting. Uh, Sam Bradford is making his debut for the Cardinals, and the Redskins have Alex Smith. Uh, not both, actually, both quarterbacks have been top picks, and both quarterbacks have kind of, I won't say they've kind of penned out, but you know, this is like their third team. And what say you, Tom? What's your initial thoughts? Uh, I'm excited. As everyone should know, who knows me, uh, I've been an Alex Smith fan, so I'm actually definitely looking up, looking forward to him suiting up. And, you know, him and AP, that's just kind of, oh, man, you know, as like an old-school Niner fan, that's kind of like, it comes full circle. You know, that, that big game when uh, when the 49ers hosted, uh, um, I'm sorry, you, you know, just AP and his history of just running, running on the on the Forty Niners is just it just runs deep. And then now having you know Alex Smith and and Adrian Peterson on the same team, that's just uh, I don't know. It just came full circle for me. But I'll be excited to see that duo. Mm-hmm. Um, Redskins though, you know, coaching is questionable. Wide receiving core is questionable. Uh, man, I don't know. What do you think? That's <laughs> I wouldn't bet my money on Sam Bradford, but then again, the Redskins are not a great team either. Yeah, so right now the Cardinals are favored by one just because people find them to be kind of evenly matched. And I tend to agree with that to give the Cardinals the slight edge being at home. I think, I mean, at first looking off the top, I just don't know what type of offense this Cardinals offense is going to be. But I do know that in comparison to the Redskins, they have two guys that you can really look forward to and rely on. It's Larry Fitzgerald and it's David Johnson. And so that pairing alone in itself, I mean, Bradford, I mean, he's not a rookie by any means. And he knows he knows how, how to deliver, at least to Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I don't think that should be a problem. But I think that this Cardinals offensive line, they, they, uh, they signed Justin Pugh. Mikey Upati's back. He should be healthy. Um, they upgraded the line ever ever so slightly with Andre Smith at right tackle. DJ, uh, DJ Humphreys at left. I think it should be better th- than last year. And with David Johnson back, I think that they can rely heavily on the run game. And I'm not too impressed with this Redskins secondary and their front seven. 
it's okay. It's a middle of the pack defense. And so if the Cardinals really play a good time of possession type of game, I think that they could pull it out at home. Nice. If you were the Cardinals, what game plan would you do to, um, would you execute against the Redskins? Game plan, ironically, um, I think that both teams are going to do a a very similar risk-free assessments, but I think that the Cardinals have a a really, potentially a good running game with David Johnson, so I think they're going to pound the rock, and then they're going to do some safer throws to Larry Fitzgerald, uh, J.J. Nielsen's all also there, but I think that Sam Bradford is just going to make safe throws and then they'll build upon that. I think if anything, the Cardinals, uh, their defense in particular, I know it's only the preseason, but they average about three to four takeaways per game in the preseason. And so if they can kind of translate that into the regular season where the games do count, um, I'm pretty optimistic they can make a play at home. All right, all right. So Cardinals minus one, you said? Against the Redskins, I think they'll be able to pull this one off. Um, I think, you know, pound for pound, if you match them up, uh, I just think Cardinals are just at a, in a better place than the Redskins at the moment. One thing I am worried about the Cardinals, though, it would be mm, their secondary has gotten better, maybe, with with Poyer and Buda Baker. Uh, is st- still there and he's back healthy. Uh, but I am worried about the Redskins tight ends. We got Jordan Reed, who's back and healthy. And then kind of going back full circle. You remember that guy, Vernon Davis? Oh, yeah. He's a Redskin as well. And he's reunited with Alex Smith. And so there are mm-hmm. two tight end sets. Chris Thompson, the running back in the backfield as a receiver. Um, Jameson Crowder, I mean... They're not flashy names per se. They also signed Paul Richardson, who's supposed to be a speedy guy on the outside. Um, so they have some interesting pieces. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily discount them uh, entirely, but I think that uh, considering how young this Cardinals team is, cohesively putting it together, um, there, there's some wiggle for the Redskins to also upset. I need your help. No man, you. Call- I need it. Uh, you want me to call the, it first, the or? Lady Walker- yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, fantasy. The Lady Walker, the Lady Walker, Trey Burton, uh, David and Joku, or or George Kittle on pick sixty four. Oh, that's so high for these tight ends. I'd rather not draft a tight end. Okay, hold on. I just I pass on it completely. At sixty four. Uh, Alan Robinson. Or. Any other options? Yeah, uh, Marvin Jones. I'd rather, for PPR, I'd rather go with Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones? Yeah, yeah. that's just my gut check. Okay. Okay. So call it. Redskins, Cardinals, evenly matched, new quarterbacks. Arizona's at home, so they have that slight edge. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... Usually don't don't doesn't Vegas give give the minus three for the home team? They typically do. Yes. So it's interesting they, how it's minus one. So they they shifted it a little bit in favor for the Redskins. And this is pretty much big on 
I'm gonna I'll go with the Cardinals. I'm gonna go Cardinals. Mm. I think it's gonna be a low score game. I'm gonna go Cardinals sixteen fourteen. Sixteen fourteen. Ooh, that is ugly. I'll go ahead and go the uh, give me the Redskins twenty, the Cardinals seventeen. I think it'll be close, but I think that yeah, I think that the Redskins are just gonna edge them ever so slightly by like a field goal, something. I think they just have better offensive pieces right now, cohesively. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he's great. David Johnson, he's great. But the whole team collectively. Uh, very top heavy, and that's that's what I'm kind of worried about. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so game. Okay. No, game I feel that. Okay. Yep. So 2017 Redskins. Okay. So thus far, I am picking non NFC West teams, and then you are split. Okay. Moving forward, another 125 game on Sunday afternoon. Road game for the Seattle Seahawks, and they are playing mile high against the Broncos. Broncos have the home field advantage. And going back to the linemakers, uh, Denver minus three. Low scoring game over under 42 and a half. Mm-hmm. New Seattle Seahawks team. Legion of Boom. Not so much. Cam Chancellor retired. Richard Sherman is out. But <gasps> Earl Thomas has reported back today. Back in Seattle. Breaking news. He's back. So, what say you, Tom? I mean, this is kind of a... Both teams are kind of even as well. You know, both teams are kind of going through their phases at the moment. They are. Um, I mean, if we do, you know, if we could do a side-by-side comparison. Uh, I mean, they're playing in mile high, too. 10 a.m. game. Uh, 125 for us, but yeah, it's a, uh, 125. Yeah, it's an afternoon game for us. 125. Yeah. 125. Uh, gee, I don't know. That, that, this one's a little. It's a tough call. I'd say that. Think? Well, let's let's break it down a little bit. So their run game is supposedly improved for Seattle. They they re-signed Dwayne Brown. They did a couple things. They signed DJ Fluker on the right side. They kind of did some wiggle on their guard situation. And more importantly, they got rid of Tom Cable. So they went away from the zone blocking scheme to more of a power scheme with Mike Solari. Uh, so by theory, the scheme change might be a little bit better um, for the Seattle Seahawks. And then they also drafted in the first round Rashad Penny out of San Diego State. And they have Chris Carson right now. He's slated to be the starter. So the run game is supposed to be better, but then I know that the Broncos front seven is supposed to be pretty gnarly as well. Um, I also know that, well, like I mentioned before, Earl Thomas is back. Uh, is he going to start week one? Uh, as of this point, I don't know, just because he literally just reported back to camp today. Uh, but I'm not too, you know, I'm not too enthused about Case Keenum as their new quarterback. But they have pretty good receivers in Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. So that's my initial gut check. Yeah, I mean, Demarius Thomas, he's, 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 he's getting up the hill. Hold on, sorry. You know, he's... Uh, that's tough. I mean, Royce Freeman, r- rookie running back, 
Yep. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of optimism surrounding him, but he's more of a. Even John Elway even said he's going to be the bell cow. But the offensive line, I don't think they even addressed the offensive line. Uh, I mean, the offensive line, I th- like I said before, it, it might have gotten better with the scheme change with the new offensive line coach. That might be a quote-unquote addition to, to this offseason. Mm-hmm. Well, but yeah, what, like, what, what's, what's going on in Seattle? That whole, uh, you know, the de- defense was softened up. Uh, you know, you got, you got rookie, you got uh, inexperienced running backs in the backfield. Yeah, I'd say that Russell Russell running for his life. You know, I'd say initially for for the Seahawks, if it wasn't for Russell Wilson, if let's just say you removed him from the team, it would be a much different story for this team. But um, that is not the case. They still have a much more stable quarterback than the Broncos, or for most of the league for that matter. So you still got that going on. And then Shaquille Griffin, he's going to be the new top cornerback for the Seahawks, and then. Actually, they announced today that KJ Wright, he's currently still hurt. And so his brother, his twin brother, Shaquem Griffin, great story, by the way, fifth-round pick. Uh, he's slated to start. Um, it's, a, it's a much newer front seven. Uh, Frank Clark's going to be the top pass rusher. And then inside you have Gerard Reed, who, you know, he's, he's not your typical household name, but I, I've been keeping track of him. He's been a, He's been pleasantly developing throughout the years. And so... Um, I don't know. I think that uh, while it is on the road, I think they might finesse things like they usually do. They tend to pull stuff out of their assholes for these sort of games. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I mean th- yeah. Just because the the Broncos don't really, I don't know. They don't really do anything well in particular. They have a gr- good defense, but they don't do anything great offensively. I mean, I think. In terms of quarterback play, I I can see Russell Wilson finessing this, meaning that the Seahawks might win 24-20. That's taking the over, 24-20. That's my initial take. Mm-hmm, 24-20. That's, uh, that sounds about right. Uh, I, you know, I think Seattle's definitely going to put up points against Denver. You know, they, they do got a weaker secondary now. By the way, who replaced uh, Talib? What about him? Who replaced Talib? Uh, they have Chris Harris, and then they have former first-round pick at Ohio State, Bradley Roby. So the next man up, uh, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, obviously, Roby isn't a keep to leave good, but Chris Harris is, takes the top spot. And so you're going to have Chris Harris against Doug Baldwin. That should be the matchup. That's pretty in- intriguing. Um, what say you, Tom? Yeah, actually, you know, like it's, Chris Harris and and Roby, though, that that could be some sort of duo. Um, Roby is young, but I think you know they might be able to make noise. However, I think Russell Wilson will be will still be able to torch that middle the middle part of the field. And um, I'm going to give the edge to to Seattle. I'm going to go. I'm kind of in the same playing field. Twenty four twenty sounds about right. Twenty four twenty seven or twenty four twenty. Just to clarify. 24-20. Okay, same thing. Okay, so my first time signing with the NFC West team. And right now, I think you are 2-1. Uh, and one. Okay, cool. Leads me to the next thing. It's uh, 
prime time, Monday Night Football. We have a doubleheader. And it's the last game of week one. 7.20 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, by the way. So that means it's 10.20 in the East Coast. And so I don't know if you're going to have a ton of eyes on this, but I don't really care. It's the L.A. Rams against those Oakland Raiders at Oakland. John Gruden's Oakland Raiders, the Mackless Raiders, the uh, the new Oakland against the hot team in the NFC West in the Rams. Jerry Goff, he hasn't played a single snap in preseason, uh, but they added a ton of pieces on the defense. They just signed Aaron Donald to $90 billion guaranteed worth of money. And he was the highest play- paid player defensively for one day before Khalil Mack got traded from the Raiders to the Bears. And then he, he gets more. Uh, a lot of emotion going on between both teams. Um, the Rams have a lot of expectations. The Raiders right now, they're... I don't really know what to make of this team right now with John Gruden. But uh, here we are for the last game of week one. Uh, what are your initial thoughts, Tom? Man, I... That whole Khalil Mack situation that went down in Oakland, I think that just uh, that might be the straw that break, breaks the camel back in that locker room. Season uh, hasn't even started yet, by the way, mind you, right? I know, which is which is that that's that's the concerning part, you know. And then you know all these stories, uh, you know that Spider-Man meme when uh, they're pointing at each other. That's like Reggie McKenzie and, and John Gruden right now, and it's like. You know, that's, that's the last thing that you want to hear, you know, prior to the season uh, beginning. And, you know, what I wanted to say was just how prolific and cohesive Khalil Mack was to that locker room. And knowing that he was traded away from the team when that contract situation should have been settled prior to preseason even starting. Um yeah, I don't know. And that secondary is not too good. I mean, I, I think I think Raiders are just going to get smoked in that game. Wow. Okay. We haven't even talked about the matchup, per se. Um, I mean, they're at Oakland. John Gruden's offense. No one really knows necessarily what direction he's going to go offensively. He's, he's the quarterback whisperer with Derek Carr. I mean, that's kind of the main reason why, outside of his prestige as you know uh this mythical coach or whatever but you know he was kind of brought in to fix Derek Carr for example and then he's going against a pretty tough matchup with some really aggressive man corners and a keep to leave in Marcus Peters they also signed Sam Shields and they still have uh Nickel Roby Coleman as their, their slot guy I mean um yeah I mean I I think that the main matchup, um, passing game-wise, is going to be Aqib Talib versus Amari Cooper. I mean, how, who do you think wins that matchup? Uh, ooh, that's, that's actually a good matchup. Uh, Talib is extremely Tlaib, physical. Cooper is a pretty good route runner in his own right. Very sharp. Yeah. I think Talib is going to play his assignment perfectly, knowing that he has help over the top. Um, you know... Mark Cooper did have a very lackluster season last season, and he didn't play much during the preseason. So, you know, I, I'm, I just give uh, maybe I'm giving too much credit to the Rams defense, but I, that's I, I think um, Talib is going to win that matchup. Okay, 
Okay, and another thing, if we're gonna go defensively as well, the Raiders. If I'm if I'm the Rams, this is exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, Colton Miller, the Raiders' first round pick out of UCLA, he's slated to be their starting left tackle. Donald Penn slides to right. Uh, yeah, man, the, the Rams have Aaron Donald, Dom Kung Su, Michael Brockers, and I know that their linebackers are kind of weak and kind of raw. Um, but I mean, how do you think that's going to go down? Oof. I mean, the the pass rush for for I was going to say St. Louis, <laughs> the the pass rush for for LA is just I think that front seven is just going to it's just it's just a dominant force, and whatever deficiencies they have in that linebacker position, I think they'll be able to to uh. Uh, at least mask to some extent uh, deficiencies. If I'm the Raiders and I know that the Rams are going to be extremely aggressive under Wade Phillips' 3-4 scheme, and I, I kind of bet that they are, I would try to do a lot of misdirection, a lot of screens um, on the outside to kind of make the linebackers make a play, kind of divert them away from, from the heat with Sue and Donald. That's what I would do. Uh, let's talk about the other side of the ball. I mean... Jared Goff hasn't played a single down this preseason. Um, Todd Gurley just got paid, and I know that they're going to put a heavy dose of him, but, I mean, they signed Brandon Cook, so they got a couple of moving pieces. Uh, do you think this Rams team is the real deal offensively, or do you think that uh, there's going to be a bit of a hiccup? Uh, I think, I mean, on paper, yes. The natural reaction is to say answer yes to that. Um I guess the unfortunate thing for the fans and, you know, for for everyone else is, like, we weren't able to we weren't able to see them play during all, uh, the preseason. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean on paper, they have to do well. I mean, they're just, they're just uh, you know, their offense is just so, so stacked. I think they have no, they have no other choice but to, to perform well, right? Their expectations are just so high. Yeah, I, I'd like I'd like to believe that they don't really have the pass rush as they did with Khalil Mack. I know that Carl Joseph, um, Gary Gary and Conley, there's a couple of guys that have yet to prove themselves in the league. That makes them kind of intriguing. But uh, yeah, to to your point, uh, I think that the Rams are well seated to go against them. I'm sorry, Tom. Right now, I'm just kind of drawing blanks for this matchup um right now that I'd, I'd say that Raiders wise in their locker room they're a bit down but we don't know that's per se just because we don't know what this Gruden team really entails from an X's and O's perspective the Rams are favored by four so that means the Raiders are home dogs uh over under 49 and a half so it's supposed to be a high scoring game pretty high scoring mm-hmm. Monday night football National television game, Jared Goff and their offense. I mean, Derek Carr. Don't, don't get it twisted. They still, they're still right there. It's just um, it's hard for me to really pin pinpoint this. Um, where are you at with this game? Yeah, I don't know. I just have this this weird thought. But what do you think about you know John Gruden? First first game, national televised game on the network that that. Basically, he was employed for for the last decade. 
do you have any? Do you have? I have this just this weird feeling. He, he he's gonna pull out some some uh, some tricks. You know what? Just, uh, you know, show, show the world, and you know, show something to ESPN. Weird feeling. I kind of I am vibing with that uh, for one of two reasons. The first one, to your point, is John Gruden has been very. I mean, obviously the Mac thing sucks, but he's been very behind the scenes. You haven't really heard too much from the Raiders nation. That might be good. That might be bad. But maybe he has something that we don't really know. And we'll see come Monday Night Football. Uh, But another thing to really point out is for, for the Rams, I think that Jerry Goff might be a little bit rustier than people tend to believe. And so that combination of people kind of like, you know, nationally... The Raiders are at like an all-time low. Even even their own fans, they're not really too high in them right now. So they might sneak up on the Rams. And the Rams, they might be a little overhyped uh, right now at this point. And so uh, it might be a closer game that you would have imagined otherwise. And so I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Uh, but I think that the Rams will win 28-24. to 24. So right at the spread. That's it's kind of really weird. now. Yeah, twenty eight to twenty four. I think that uh, it'll be slower the first half, but I think that the Raiders will be competitive and stay in the mix. And I won't say everyone wins, but Gruden will show that you know his team is respectable, especially at home on Monday Night Football. And I think that the Rams will pull away with the win, but it won't be as easy as people kind of think. Interesting. You, you, so, wow. So you're saying that uh, Oakland is capable of putting up 20 points against uh, that defense. Oh, I'm sorry, did you say 20? 28 to 24. I think that... Schemet- so is Oakland's yeah. capable of putting up 24 against St. Louis or uh, L.A.? I think so. And the reason why I say that is because I think there's something up John Gruden's sleeve. And I also think that... I'm a little bit worried about the Rams linebackers. I, I mean, I know that everything else is really good on the other skill positions, but I think that that might come to hurt them, especially if Marshawn Lynch gets to the second level that the backers can't get a good hold of him and tackle properly. Uh, I could see the mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch doing really well on certain runs in the, in the run game to really set it up Derek Carr in the passing game. So uh, because okay. it's such a weak link for the Rams, I... I don't know. There, there's ways to, and I think there's plenty of opposition uh, that will try to out scheme the Rams' defensive line, and you might see that on Monday night. Mm, okay, interesting. I do like to hear that about Marshawn Lynch, though, because I do have a lot of fantasy team. Right. So. If Marshawn Lynch can get away from that front four and just get to the backside of the backers, I mean, I like my chances. True. Yeah. Okay, I like that. If he can get past that. You know, that front seven and penetrate into the second level? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess, yeah. And that's where he definitely excels is when he, when he gets into the open field. Yeah, when he gets momentum. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to go minus four, huh? I'm surprised. That's pretty low. Um, I'm going to go, let's go, I'm going to go 35-28. High scoring game. Uh, 35-28. Okay. High, yes. High, high, yeah. High scoring game. Um, 
You were just giving me shit that the Raiders were going to be unable to put 20-something points, and now you're putting them at 20. No, you know, now that I think about it, you made some valid points. They're very convincing points. Okay. And I think if the, you know, I totally see that the Rams getting caught, you know, getting caught on their heels. And, um, you know, technically, Jordy Nelson and Mari Cooper, you know, and then Marshawn Lynch opening up that, uh, the backfield potentially could uh, could put up a lot of points. However, if they do score less, way less than twenty eight points, I won't be surprised either. I will say this. I mean, I know that everyone is kind of down on Derek Carr, but between him and Jerry Goff, I'd rather have Derek Carr. I'm, I know that might be saying quite a bit since I do represent the NFC West, but I'm not fully convinced with Jared Goff's stock. So maybe. Kind of similar to what I said about Russell Wilson finessing the Broncos. Maybe Derek Carr can do the same at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. That's definitely it, it's a good Monday night game. The last game of the of the week. That would, I'll be excited a lot for sure. All right. So yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and sum it up. I have the Niners losing. You have the Niners losing. Game one, week two. I have the Redskins winning. You have the Cardinals winning game two. Game three, we both we both have the Seahawks winning, right? Against the Broncos? Yes. And then the last game, we have the Rams beating the Raiders. And so, technically, if that were to happen, the Niners were starting last place at 0-1, and everyone else would be 1-0. That's, uh, 1-0. That would be the forecast for the NFC West. Tom, how's your draft right now? We're we're about done with the matchups. How's your how's your team looking right now? So, uh, so draft just ended. Um, so as you know, my number one pick was Antonio Brown. The back back pick from there was Keenan Allen. Mind you, I was the fourth pick out of ten players. So pretty much it's a stack league. Um, I don't know if my team is stacked though. But anyways, I got Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen. My other wide receivers is Juju Schuster, Allen Robinson, um, and Julian Edelman. So hopefully Edelman, I'm stashing him. I'll throw him in as necessary. My quarterback, starting quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Backup is Matt Ryan. Um, my running backs is Devontae Freeman, Jay Ajayi. I drafted Alfred Morris. I think that's a solid pickup. Uh, and Rashad Penny. That's not bad. And like For running backs, that's not bad. Yeah, and then my tight end is uh, Injoku. Injoku! What? And my, my defense is Pittsburgh, but whatever. Okay. Cool. Uh, PPR-wise, yep. I mean, it's, it seems pretty good. I mean, Alfred Morris, we talked about this earlier, he doesn't really catch passes, but I think everything else, I mean, he obviously went wide yeah. receiver heavy, so, I mean, he found good value. I think that's kind of stepping off with the NFC West. I think that... Rashad Penny from the Seahawks, while he might not be an immediate contributor, I, he, he has a first-round pedigree. He's a pass catcher. Uh, you'll see him sooner than later. So that's that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good stash. And, you know, I drafted Morris. I know he, he caught, what did you say, 30-something passes in his entire career. Yeah. But he may get the red bill touches. So. All right. Well, hey, best of luck in your league. FYI, I joined six leagues. How many leagues are you in, Tom? Like three? Uh, I'm in I'm in three leagues plus a survivor pool. So I guess 
That's a lot of football. <laughs> uh, six leagues and a pick six league. I hear you. Um, I think that half the fun is the draft in itself, and the rest is through waivers, and then there's the playoffs. So mm-hmm. best of luck because I think I'm playing one. We're we're sharing one league together, right? We're, we're playing against each other. Yeah, we're definitely in one league together. Okay, well, I'll make sure to do a side bet when we play. Yeah, for sure. Yes, sir. So, guys, thank you so much for checking out the Just the West podcast. Once again, my name is Just the West. You can follow me at Just the West via Twitter, at Just the West Instagram, and my blog, www.justthewest.com. Till next time, I'm Just the West. Uh, Tom, say, say your goodbye. Good job, Justin. Peace out. And we out. Peace.